Good to go? Well, give me some levelly levels. Okay. Give me some talking. Uh, I really should prepare for this part every week because you always use it as the cold open and it's <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> just me saying nothing and uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate listening to it. Um, anyway, I, I look forward to hearing this. I won't use it as a cold open anymore. <laughs> no, you can. You can. <laughs> you want to look up some poetry you could recite? Some Shakespearean sonnets? No. <laughs> I don't want to do that either, so. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hello. How are you? Great. How are you? <laughs> Great. We got to stop with how are you at the beginning. I know. We spend all day, every day with each other. I know. And the answer is always fine. Fine. I don't Question know. Question mark. How is anybody? Um, that's <laughs> I had, funny. I had a really slow morning this morning. Sure. Just couldn't couldn't make it happen. Yeah. But I finally have my shit together and we're recording at almost 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to record earlier than this. We were supposed to record last night. <laughs> <laughs> and we were both very tired after a day of moderate Some, activity. Something. Yeah, exactly. It was like there were... Um, <laughs> random shit to do, so, uh... Anywho, I'm anywho, doing great. I'm ready you, to record a podcast. You are doing great. Um, how are you doing? I'm really good, really well. Great. I like the how are you, I like the check-in. <laughs> I like it. You I'm know being what? Let real us negative know. today. You are. Let us know, listeners. Do you like the check-in? Do you not give a shit about how we're doing? I mean, it's R- mostly right friends in. and family that listens to this, so... <laughs> right, probably, and I'm sure they'd like to know how we saying. are. That's what I'm saying. So they probably love the check-in. Um, um, hey, friends and fam. Hey, friends and fam. Do we have any uh, topics at the top? Not really, but yeah. something that's it, that's been fun this week that we've been watching... Something fun. Something fun. Sometimes it's just like, what are you watching? Yeah. And we've been re-watching Game of Thrones. We have. Which, like... This is this is guys. Sounds, have you heard of Game of Thrones? No, but this sounds stupid. <laughs> but like Game of Thrones was good as hell, <laughs> and it has this reputation now because people got mad about the ending, which is so silly. Which is so silly. But it was like the most popular show on the planet for you know over for almost ten years probably. Yeah, and then. People are like, well, the ending was stupid. What a stupid show. Buh. And like, it's, you know, it's all about how it's like out of the cultural conversation and no one talks about it anymore mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like, it was a good show. It, was, it good. was a really good show. And this whole thing with the ending, here's my two cents about the ending, guys. I know you were waiting with bated breath. Right. Um, <laughs> you never know what you're going to get at the top of the show here. <laughs> um, no, my thing with the ending is that like people were hugely disappointed. And when you when you dig any deeper on that and try and figure out why, they don't have an answer for you. <laughs> and I think that the answer is that in this show where the most unexpected things happened every episode, right. like they were not shy about 
killing off main characters. Like it, it was always, you, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. It wrapped up in a very predictable way. Right. So it's where typically you're watching a show and you expect the finale to be like, oh, shit, somebody's going to die or somebody's going to get married or something huge is going to happen. Something huge was happening the entire series. So the ending wasn't a uh, wasn't like like a left turn. Yeah. It was was just left turns. It was very much like the ending was a decision between two things and they picked one. (laughs) Right. And like. It's just, for me anyway, it was very predictable from like, I'm going to say five or six episodes before the finale. I was like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But I was still long for the ride. It was still good writing. It was still like a story well told, especially given the weird circumstances surrounding Game of Thrones where it's like Martin has only written half the books and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to the rest of them. And they were like, well, we got this show though. We got to, we got to keep making the show. All right, buddy. We'll just uh, we'll just, uh, do this, <laughs> okay? Um, so there, there you go. My two cents on the <laughs> in the Game of Thrones finale that happened several go. years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I I really like I like the ending a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, I thought I think it's become one of those like um, cultural things that people just it's like shorthand, and people are just like, oh yeah, that was stupid, mm-hmm. without interrogating it a little bit. And yeah. there are people who have. You know, we talked about it with people who were like, who who like really did object to the ending in a way where I'm like, well, I just don't agree. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but also, Peter Dinklage was on Marin recently yeah. and said the thing that is exactly what I believe, which is like people just didn't want to say goodbye to the thing. Yeah. They just were mad that the thing was over. Oh man, and Peter Dinklage is so awesome. He's so cool. Like he's just I like. <laughs> Um, we're, we're big, we're big Dinklage fans over here. Yeah. Do you remember the time we saw him in the West Village? Do you, you, do you remember the time? <laughs> guys, we were at like, what was it? What was snow it? It was cones. like, it was, oh yeah, yeah. It was like a snow cone place and we go inside. I think it was cold outside. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We went inside and it was one of those things where it was like, we got grabbed a table cause there weren't that many tables. And then you were going to go up and order and you went up and I watched you go up and I watched Peter Dinklage walk in like behind you. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh my God, he's going to freak out. He's going to freak out. You ordered, you came back to the table and I was like, hello, anything? <laughs> and you just hadn't seen, I him. hadn't seen him. And I was like, okay, I need well, you Because you're in New York. You're not like looking right. at everything. Yeah. I was like, I need you to turn around. I need you to be cool. I need you to turn around, but I need you to be cool. <laughs> and you like to not that you would have like yeah. screamed or anything, but it, yeah, exactly. But it was just very funny because I was like, oh, he's gonna lose at the table it. Chanting station agent. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then you turned around and you were like, oh, it was very oh. exciting. Um, but I like I like Game of Thrones a lot, and I, it's just like one of those things where I'm annoyed that everyone's like, oh, it's dumb, and it's like, you fucking loved this show. Yeah. Everyone loved this, and it like it. Uh, you know, I think as I've gotten older and more mature, um, it is rarer that the ending of a thing like destroys my enjoyment of it. Right. Uh, I loved that show for, I loved the books. I loved that show for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then even if I didn't like the ending, it'd be like, yeah, but this was still a great show. But right. the cultural conversation around it is so dumb and so <laughs> dumbed down that everyone's just like loves to hate on it now. And it's here I am defending the most successful television show on the planet, a bunch of people who like do not need my defense. You know what it's like? What's it like? 
It's like, it's that trope, that thing that's like, where something's like really, really popular and then all of a sudden everyone turns on that person. Where did that start? I don't know. I feel like it started with uh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, check out the segue. <laughs> She's doing like an arm dance now. <laughs> it's called the Millie oh, Rock, I know. Oh, but I, okay. Well, I was averting my eyes. I just saw movement. I know what the Millie Rock is. <laughs> She's doing some sort of arm dance with me. <laughs> Come on. That was good. What I'm saying is Game of Thrones is like Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yes. They're like explicitly at times because it's, you know, anyway. Anywho. All right. Well. That was a good segue. Don't be mad we'll at talk it. about it some more? It was a good segue. segue because you want to know why it was a good segue? Because this week we watched. What? Game of Thrones. Two movies. Two movies. Y'all, this week we watched Jesus Camp from 2006 and Return to Oz from 1985. An interesting matchup. Yeah, like I said last week, two movies about child abuse. Hey. Um, Let's kick it off with Jesus Camp, shall we? Yeah. 2006, directed by Heidi Ewing. Ewing? Ewing. Ewing. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Directed by Heidi Ewing and Rachel Grady. Our IMDb Two summer. lady directors. Two lady directors. Lady directors. Our IMDb summary is a documentary on kids who attend a summer camp hoping to become the next Billy Graham. That's a terrible summary. What the hell? That's not what that's about at all. They don't mention Billy Graham. Yeah. It's not about kids trying to become evangelical preachers. No. Although one of the kids... One of the kids is sort of is, but like that's not. It's about like an evangelical summer camp. Yeah, I'm annoyed about that summer. That's a bad one. That's going to turn people off, and everyone needs to see this film. Yeah, that (laughs) sounds like a cute movie, like about yeah, like 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 baby ballroom where it's like the kids (laughs) ballroom, ballroom. (laughs) but with preachers. Wow, you know know that movie wasn't called Baby Ballroom, right? No, there's like a show I think called Baby Ballroom. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Mad Hot Ballroom. Oh no, (laughs) there's 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 a it might not be Baby Ballroom, but there's (laughs) there's a show. Hold on, let me look it up because now I I love I love it if it is called how far away from Baby Ballroom it is. No, I hope it's that. Baby Ballroom. Baby Ballroom. It's about kid ball like kid competitive ballroom dancers. It is called Baby Ballroom. It's on Netflix. I watched a little bit of it. It's great because I love to see kids excelling. <laughs> well, I apologize for correcting you. I yeah, thought you were what thinking, the hell? Yeah, fucking dickhead over here. <laughs> Anywho, Jesus Camp. Uh, listen, we're gonna lay all these cards right, right down on the table and say that this is maybe one of my most favorite films. It really is. <laughs> I have watched it so many times, so many times, and hadn't watched it in forever. So I was ecstatic to see that it came up last You week. love this movie. It's, I love it. It's a documentary. It's relatively short. It's like 85 minutes, something yeah. like that. And it's just about this summer camp called the Kids on Fire. Kids on Fire that takes place at Devil's Lake. In Missouri? Is that? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Missouri. Um, and it's uh, run by this woman, Becky Fisher. Mm-hmm. And it's evangelical. It's like a, it's Jesus camp. It's evangelical uh, religion, so it's there to kind of indoctrinate them. And I love how you hesitated in saying that. It, you know, it's fully like she explicitly says over and over again, like in 
in Israel, they're they're giving their kids guns. Like, why shouldn't we right. teach these kids how to like go to war for Jesus? Right, exactly. It's just it's oh man, it's I'm already excited. It's okay. So yeah. The only reason I hesitated about indoctrinate is because many of the kids are already there. Like they're not they're already yeah. there mentally. They're like they're raised in family. It's not like they're shipped off to these camps yeah. to like it's they're not re-education camps or anything like that. Right. It's like a summer camp for kids who are in the church, in the Pentecostal religion and yeah. like all that stuff. So that's why yeah, but Yeah, yeah. no, no, I yeah, no, I see that. So but yeah, so Becky Fisher, she is a, a children's minister and holds this camp and we follow her and 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 we follow how many kids is it? We've got Levi You've we've got, got Rachel. We've got Tori. Is Ra- Tori the, the dancer? Tori's the dancer and, and my the, favorite. The blonde kid, the Andrew. Yes. And so we can talk. We'll talk about this. Where are they now in a little bit? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But so these kids are. I'm going to say they range from like. I mean, in the documentary, you see see kids as young as three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Going to church and there's she has this line like ten to eleven. Yeah. yeah. So, but those the core group of kids is like ten, eleven. Yeah. Um, but she oh, has and nine because I, because I yeah. fucked it because we have a nine year old. So yes. I was like, oh, okay. This okay. is interesting. Yeah. But Becky has this line where she says, uh, where basically she talks about how she preaches to her kids for an hour and <laughs> how other people have been like, whoa, an hour, that's a long time. And she's like, don't feel sorry for my kids. Don't feel sorry for my kids. And it's a while she's like going through this closet of stuff that she's purchased to like visually teach the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so, so funny. There's it's a like scene she- where she's like making a PowerPoint presentation and she's like, like sin leads to death or something yeah. is the slide. And she's like, oh, I think I have some dripping blood font here. And it's just like. Oh my god! Right, you see the nuts and bolts of like, oh, teaching these children that they're going to go to hell and all this stuff. Yeah, and the, and I mean, if they, you know, if they do. I mean, the kids are already so in it. The girl Tori, who's a dancer, mm-hmm. she um, talks. You know, they interview these kids at their homes, and you get a sense of what kind of homes they're coming from. From and these are very they're like, all homeschooled. They're all homeschooled. That Levi is watching a show, and it's. It's like a kid's show, but then you quickly realize it's about, it's called Creation Adventure Time. Yeah. Um, Creation Adventure Team. And it's all about how, like, uh, you know, the earth is only 6,000 years old and dinosaurs and cavemen live together and Jesus is real and all this. And so they're coming from these homes and Tori, the dancer, says, like, all about like oh I'm I like to dance but I have to make sure I'm not dancing for the flesh. I'm I never dancing listened, for Jesus. Yeah, I never listened to Britney Spears. I'm not into that. Mm. Like all that stuff. It's just so yeah. yeah. And she's like she well. And the thing that's so crazy about watching this documentary is that you you watch these these kids and they're 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 kids. They're very sweet. Yeah, they're little really kids. Sweet kids. And then they say something. And it, for me anyway, it always takes a second and I'm just, and, but then I'm just like, oh, that is terrifying. (laughs) Someone has lied to you and traumatized you because what she says is I have to make sure that I'm dancing for Jesus and not dancing for the flesh. And I do that because I do that sometimes and people can tell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Someone somewhere said that to her and scared the shit out of her. Right. And and she's dancing. She's a kid. She's dancing. Right. 
exactly. And it's just like, oh my God, she's nine. She's nine. What flesh is she dancing for? Right. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's heartbreaking. And then you have Rachel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Rachel is another kid. Just, I. Listen, I love all of these kids. Yeah. I love great all kids. these kids. They're I was like, kids. Tori's my favorite. I don't know if she's my favorite. They're all my favorite. <laughs> I can't. Rachel is like, she's that kid who um, who the thoughts get jumbled in her head mm-hmm. and yeah. she can't speak fast enough. Right. But she's also just spouting what someone has told her. Mm-hmm. It's so clear. Yeah. Um, but you watch her go and try to like save like they're at a bowling alley and she walks up to this girl that's maybe my favorite scene yeah it's her yeah and just like and she's just like um the lord was just really telling me to come over here and, and telling me that he he just wants to love on you and and like trying to convert this like teen girl right who's who's on a date at a bowling alley right and like he's like very polite to yeah her. she's like, like okay thank you yeah exactly <laughs> and like hands her a pamphlet yeah and then she Rachel goes back to her group and this the guy I don't I don't I don't think that's her father but I don't know, I don't know. but he's just like oh so you were just you just felt compelled to go over there like wow and then the thing there that's so heartbreaking is that you see him praise her and she goes in for a hug and he kind of like he hugs her but it's kind of like reluctant it's that okay. thing do you know what i mean it's that thing like where where Someone is looking for approval. Oh, yeah. And it's just so clear that she just wants to be told that she's done a good job. That she job. did good, yeah. Totally. And it's heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, and then the other very featured kid is Levi. And right. he's the one. He's the one, I guess, of all of them who would be trying to be a preacher. Like, he, yeah. from the get, is just like. He has very has a very short hair. <laughs> uh, he's like buzz cut hair, but a huge uh Rat tail. A rat tail. Now I wouldn't know anything about that because I, 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 I you know, know I was not a boy uh, in the nineties, so I didn't have a rat tail. Would you I, know anything about no, that? No, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I certainly did not have that hairstyle <laughs> briefly in the nineties. <laughs> what in the world? What? Guys, if you don't know what a rat tail is, oh man, maybe we'll post a pic on social media because it was a look. It was not a look. Of you, me. You thought the mullet was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Um, Anyway, uh, but Levi is great. All the kids are great, and they're right. they're just trying to they're just trying to do what they're told, you right? Know what, I mean? what like what they think is best, right? Exactly. And then you have Becky who runs the camp, and she's um, I, you know I don't want I'm not like like you know broad statement here. I don't want to come off as like anti religious in general or anything like that. Like you know, plenty of religious people like have plenty of like whatever. But this person is insane, right? This is, <laughs> and, and this is also the subject. This you know. Okay. No, just the subject of this of this documentary is clearly the extreme. Yeah, exactly. Like the, she's an and, extremist. Yeah, and 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 we fully recognize that, and I hope that all of our listeners know that we are not just generally like no, no, no yeah, whatever. But, but I just said it because I was should, about to describe no, no. this woman as insane. Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. We want to have the disclaimer because we want to make it clear that this yeah. this woman is. Correct. She's an extremist. She thinks she's fighting a holy war for God mm-hmm. and that she's, these are her child soldiers. She explicitly says shit like that the yeah. entire time she's yeah. being, and she's, you know, yelling at these kids about how they are hypocrites, yeah. about how they are not good enough, about how they are like, um, you, you know, there's kids crying. Right. You know, and the, crying I mean, and speaking in tongues. Right. Well, there's kids crying because they're being yelled at by an adult that they're 
deeply evil inside. Yeah. And then later there's kids doing, you know, the, I think the, the like biggest set pieces of the movie, mm-hmm. like, um, are the, those like speaking in tongues sequences where they're just like all doing this rapturous prayer right. together. Rocking back and forth. Rocking back and forth, weeping, yeah. speaking in tongues, all this stuff. And it's, you see, I, you know, that's that Pentecostal like religion mm-hmm. stuff that is for an outsider, just like, uh, you know, frankly, like scary to watch. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with these kids doing that. It's cra- it's crazy. So, and she's, uh, so she's yelling at them. She says, calls them phonies, calls them hypocrites. Right. She thinks she's like the cool teacher. Yeah. Cause she's like, Oh look, like I gotta, like she holds up like one of those sticky hands, you know, those like, sticky <laughs> yeah. hands. And like well this represents like mortal sin. And you, and like, <laughs> so she has all these like, and she's like a brain jello mold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she has all these like, little games that she clearly got off the internet or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is like, and you know, and then she yells at them about how Harry Potter would be put to oh death. Oh my God. That it is it's my favorite, thing. favorite part of the whole documentary. And that's saying a lot. Cause I love this entire thing, but she's preaching and <laughs> I don't even know what she's talking about. Wait, did I write it down? Um, I have it written down. What she says before. Because she's talking about something completely different. Oh, I don't have what she says right before. No, Yeah, right before that. She's talking about something completely different. And then she says, and while we're on the subject, Harry Potter. Yeah. And launches into this diatribe about how Harry Potter is, uh, is like how warlocks, warlocks should be put to death. Yeah, here's what it is. She says, <laughs> and while I'm on the subject, let me say something about Harry Potter. She's yelling this. I'm not going to yell it. Yeah. Warlocks are the enemies of God, and I don't care what kind of hero they are. They're an enemy of God, and had it been in the Old Testament, Harry Potter would have been put to death. Right. We don't make heroes out of warlocks. Right, exactly. And I was just like, so many things. So many things. One, we weren't on the subject. (laughs) Two, like... That's not real. You're talking about so many things that are not real, right, that are exactly. not real, including Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> like, this, what are you talking about? This not real thing conflicts with my not real thing. And so <laughs> if my not real thing was, he would right. kill that not real thing. Right, exactly. Um, and and also, again, just to reiterate, reiterate, this was in 2006. So Harry Potter was very big at the time. Right. She wasn't, it wasn't quite as random as it sounds, but also well, fully random. You mentioned 2006. Like it, the, the movie really, I hadn't watched it in many years. I think we saw it in the theater. It was we like did a big deal. Yeah. Um, and watching it this time, it feels like such a time capsule. And a lot of that is, uh, the fact that it's explicitly like framing all this in the context of, Sandra Day O'Connor retiring from the Supreme Court and George mm-hmm. W. Bush appointing Samuel Alito and all the conservative movement rallying around that. And, you know, like, they, you know, they, someone brings out a cardboard cutout of George W. Bush oh my God. to the, the camp, Kids on Fire camp, and to asks the children. All, to the children and asks <laughs> them all to pray for him for success and has all the kids chanting righteous judges. Righteous judges. Also, though, she brings the cardboard cutout of Bush out and goes, oh, here's here's President Bush. He came to visit us, everyone. Here he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Camp Krusty. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. What is happening? And but, this woman is super monotone. It's very oh, she weird. she looks like done. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, God, another Jesus camp. <laughs> um, but, you know, the that so it has that very 2006 energy. I think also... 
to me at least, and maybe this was just being a young person at the time, mm. this movie felt like, oh my God, I didn't know anything about this. Right. At yeah. the time. Yeah, exactly. Being like, holy shit, this world is out there. I had no idea. Right. Like, this is terrifying. This is like an expose. Just, the, the movie is just showing you what is. Kind right. Of. You know what I mean? It's not, there. there's, we'll get into it, but there's some like framing of it and some, you know, setting up some conflict and stuff like that. But it's not like an expose. It's just like, look at, essentially look at this terrifying thing. Yeah. And it's, that's the tone of it. That's everything. Um, and it's, uh, and at the time it feels like that was like, oh my God, holy shit. And again, that might be just being a young person, mm-hmm. but now watching it, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is like most of the country. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is like, like, I'm not as shocked by any of this anymore. And that's part of that's just being older, but like, it's like, ho- holy shit. Yeah. And, and the thing I kept thinking about while they were chanting about righteous judges and stuff, I was like, man, these people won. Yeah, like, they did. Like they, like they won. I know that. I know. I know everyone on different sides of the political spectrum in this country thinks that they're currently losing. Right. You know what I mean? That's like the problem with this country is that no one is that everyone whatever. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like you know, they would say, well, they would say that they're the oppressed class and whatever. Right. But it's like, man, they fucking won. They got their judges. They got everything right. and they, they do, wanted. And they and do like, a lot of talking about in the documentary about how. Um, you know, these, the religious leaders are, are permeating the government. Right. Um, and including they have, there's a whole section of with what's his name? Haggard, Ted Haggard, Ted Haggard. And the, one of the captions that comes up is like, he talks to Bush on a weekly basis. Right. And And it's just like, what? Exactly. So they take Levi, the young preacher, to go visit Ted Haggard, who at the time was the most successful megachurch preacher, preacher. Right. And then I think within the year of this being released, he had his enormous scandal where it was like, oh, he's paying a male masseuse for sex and meth. Like, right. And had to step down and all that. You know what I mean? All this stuff, which is like, uh, that it's just interesting. I don't know. I mean, like, in that, I just feel like that was such a theme of the 2000s was uh, anti-gay preachers and politicians being like that was like every it felt right. like every month there was a new one a new one I mean? that where it was like the, all, pe- the people who were screaming about how homosexuality is a sin right were homosexuals right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah there's one more sorry there's one no, more like preaching moment that i just want to highlight because i it was one that i never really thought about before and then watching it this time i was like what is happening so she has this whole section where she's talking about i think she's talking about sin or the devil and how when you're little and she's this little tiny stuffed baby i think it's a leopard oh yeah and she's like it's all cute and tiny and she holds it up oh it's so cute and then she has a lion like yeah. a a, li- a lion stuff right thing and she's like but as they grow they get bigger and she goes and all of a sudden you got yourself a tiger by the tail and she swings the lion <laughs> yeah, you by really- its tail and i was literally just like that's a lion you were like that's a lion that's a lion <laughs> you could get a tiger what is happening yeah. what I, like it really just it like it it sounds i know that sounds like petty semantics <laughs> but it just it's just it, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. It's just insane. And you are you are terrifying these children. Right. You are that's, terrifying that's them the and traumatizing thing. them. That's the thing, is and, and and how 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 are you okay with that? Because there's no I I don't I don't understand how you make that okay for yourself. Yeah. 
I, I truly think, don't. But it's the same way that, I mean, I'm not, I don't agree with them, but mm. I'm saying like, I totally understand. It's like, if you believe this shit is real, then you, if you believe these kids are going to go to hell if they dance for the flesh, then you're going to scare the shit out of them the same way that I would scare the shit out of my kid about drinking and driving or something like that. Right, but... And I- it's like almost more, it's like I get this more than I get like the middle people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess. And I, yeah, but yeah that, there's and an aspect to, like, to it where it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and that's not to like, like I get, I get everybody. I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not actually like mad at anybody or anything mm-hmm. like that. But it's like, it's like, I guess it, it's the same with The Exorcist. It's like <laughs> if you follow this to its logical conclusion, yeah, this is fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And these people are following it to its very illogical, I would say. <laughs> but like, their its conclusion is like, oh well, then I guess I have to scare the shit out of these kids. And be, and, but then, it, you know, obviously they all have, like, she spends a long time on her hair in the mirror. Right. And it's like, well, isn't that vanity? Right. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Yeah. Honestly. Goes back to Game of Thrones <laughs> and the High Sparrow high of sparrow. the Septon. Ah. No, and honestly, that's one of the biggest uh, things I think with religion for me is just like this, the, the very concept that, um, in order for me to be a good person, I have to have this set of rules that I follow and I have to have the threat of burning in hell for the right. eternity in order to be a good person. Like, I think that says a lot more about whether or not you're a good person. Yeah. Like if you, if you think that you need to threaten someone with fiery pits of hell for eternity. Right. So that they don't like murder someone. Right. It's like, just like, don't murder. Like I, I feel like uh, as someone who was not raised religiously and is not currently religious, like I'm still like, yeah, I'm not going to murder somebody that doesn't seem like a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I just don't. Because you learned. Like the the, the it, it's it's a real oh, it's a real like it doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Make well, it make sense. It's so funny. Sorry to just like harp on this. The the like the um, uh, time capsule nature of this. Mm-hmm. But the I'm just thinking about this. The 2000s were such a time when it felt like religion itself was the threat. Yeah, and. You know, to me anyway, as like a 20-something and I'm reading, you know, like all these, there was like this atheist movement and I was like, oh, I'm, you know, whatever into this. And it's like that feels so quaint now, mm-hmm. where it be, probably because of Trump or something. And yeah. it's like, but th- these people are still out there and they still recruit their judges. They still get exactly what they want. They're about to fucking overturn Roe versus Wade. You know what I mean? Like this is all, it's all happening, but it's like they, they the religion part of it went underground and now it's just like, I I don't, do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, I mean, what you're saying is, and this was one of the big points of the documentary is that the separation of church and state is no longer a fucking thing. And that is a problem. Right. Because the religion is no longer there because they've been fully fused. Right. Right. I mean, it's the same. uh, Okay. We're not, (laughs) come listen to our fun movie podcast, everyone. Well, But like Trump, you know, all these evangelicals threw behind, I mean, all these people in this documentary voted for Trump. Yeah. And they, knowing that he was a like adulterous uh, piece of shit, piece of shit, sinner in every way that, yeah, I'm sure they like, you know, the man, the man paid for countless abortions. Mm -hmm, I'm going to say it. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I know, you know, we all know for a fact that this is true, but they all were like judges. We need our judges and we're all going to vote pragmatically and do this. And they got what they wanted. You know what I mean? 
And it's just such an interesting, like, I remember at the time watching this being like, oh, this is like, you know, I hope this never gets so too bad. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I mean, and uh, obviously it was already terrible. George W. Bush was at the top of the government and we were fighting these wars right. and killing millions of people and all that stuff. <laughs> no big deal. Um, but it just feels, I, just watching it this time, I was just like, man, th- they won. They, like, they won. won. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be to be in 2006 when yeah. we thought there was still a chance. And speaking of, sorry, speaking of the abortion stuff, again, fun podcast. They do bring out this guy, this little angle guy, who like clearly tours doing presentations and is like a big pro-life crusader Mm -hmm. and just gives this speech and this like demonstration to the kids about all their friends who were aborted, who aren't there because they were murdered and like, uh, and then takes them to a a protest on the Capitol, at the Capitol. Yeah. uh, Pro-life protest. And he has creep vibes is why I brought him up. (laughs) He's creepy. He has a weird mustache. He's a lying creep. And his terrible voice. Um, they oh, so where are they now? Where are they now? This is this is great. So we there's an article. You're looking at the Cinemaholic article, right? Yeah. yeah. You you literally Google Jesus Camp Kids, and this is the first thing that pops up. Um, so I love that there were other people who were down to f- figure out what everyone wants are. to know. So it seems like everybody is pretty much exactly where you'd think they'd be. Like they're, yeah. they're all, no one, almost no one like gave up the faith or whatever and like ha- yeah. had a had a reawakening. Yeah. But a couple things. So they're they're all doing fine. Except for I mean he's doing fine, but the the kid Andrew who's blonde and mm-hmm. who is crying and is like whatever. Um Yeah, he has a whole thing where he's sorry, he's given the microphone and he's just talking about how hard it is for him to believe. Yeah. And how he's really wrestling with that and he's crying very, he's sweet very upset. Yeah. Oh, and- and that guy, first of all, <laughs> I learned from this article uh-huh. that his name uh-huh. is Andrew Sommerkamp. S O M M E R K A M P. And I literally was like, "Oh, that's like a that's like an error." <laughs> like it was like in the it's like a cut and paste error or something. Um, so Andrew Sommerkamp in the <laughs> Sommerkamp Camp. documentary, yeah. Jesus Camp. He is the only one who's kind of like given up the faith. He's left uh, yeah. evangelicalism. His father came out a couple of years after this. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like precipitated a reexamination. And he's given interviews where he's, you know, he's into like Eastern mysticism. Exactly. And, yeah. And he's, uh, he's, you know, he says they asked him like, do you think it was child abuse? And he was like, well, I think they think they're doing a good thing. Right. That doesn't mean it's not. Right, you know exactly. I mean? like, Which, yeah, I think he's right. I don't think that... Uh. He said... he. Okay, sorry, let me read it. He said, was it child abuse? Yes and no. I think they had the best of intentions, but I see it as sick people trying to treat sick people. It's their coping mechanism for figuring out why we're alive. However, he said he was thankful for the experience and did not regret it. Um, which seems like a very healthy way to look at it. Yeah, like, yeah. Sick people treating sick people. Yeah. Although I would say the kids are not sick. You're making them sick, but yeah. um, but you're spreading your sickness elsewhere. But mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but the rest of them, Levi, you know, they're, they're Levi all... is like a is fully in it still. Yeah. And then Rachel, there was a thing where she said she was considering leaving Christianity, but then hasn't like 
actually done that, but she's living with her boyfriend and she's a teacher. And then I think Tori, they couldn't, they couldn't find out if she was still religious. Like there's just nothing. Yeah. But But she's she's still dancing, baby. Right. In 2014, she was a sophomore in college. Yeah. Some speculations claim that Tori might have left the evangelical way for a short period of time, short period after her time in the camp. Right. But who knows? But anyway, they all seem to be doing just fine. Yeah. According to their social media, which I mean, is a just, lie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I just mean everybody's social media is a lie. Yeah. Um, anything else? I like the part where they pray over the PowerPoint presentation. Oh my God. And the electric, electrical, like, yeah. the stuff in the, oh, the camp. Last thing, just looking at my notes. A part, it's kind of similar to what you were saying about the girl, Rachel, at the bowling alley looking for approval mm-hmm. and not getting it. A part that I found really heartbreaking and that I thought was great in the movie, just because we haven't really talked about how the movie itself is made. I know. Of. That was one of my first notes that was like, it's going to be really hard to talk about this as a movie and, and not necessarily just talk about the subject matter. Right, right. But exactly. yes. Sorry, go ahead. But so the, the part that I found heartbreaking and was really happy that it was included mm-hmm. was the part where all the boys are in the uh, bunk yeah. and they're telling ghost stories and stuff and they're just like wrestling and like being weird and being having kids fun being kids exactly camp with their flashlights that, yeah with their flashlights and watching that part was so recognizable just as like oh mm. boy sleepover yeah of like all this energy don't know what to do with it telling ghost stories freaking out and then this guy one of the counselors, counselors or whatever comes yeah. in and says like I wouldn't tell ghost stories like that. That doesn't honor God. Ghost stories I would, don't honor God. Yeah, ghost stories don't honor God. Like we should, you should t- think about good things. Like what are they going to tell? Like tree stories? Like like what? Right. Like sky stories? Like what are you talking about? So um, and then there is a shot, and you know it's 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 a you know it's cut, so you don't right. know exactly. But there is a shot of Levi after he says that, where he just looks like not upset, not like scared or angry, but just there's a little bit of like disappointment behind his eyes in himself. Like, Oh, I should have known better. Well, we talk about that all the time just in as, uh, with parenting of like shame and my, you know, moderating, regulating, like, like figure, like recognizing, Oh, this child is upset. Not because they're actually hurt or because they're actually whatever. It's because they feel ashamed in some way. And that's such a powerful feeling for a kid. Yeah. And to see it in these kids sometimes is, like, heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the movie just... I know we're trying to move on, but the movie does have this, like, framing device. So there's not much, like, to it as a movie. I, it's very straightforward, right. which is what you want a documentary to be. Totally, totally. But it doesn't have, like... They're not... They're they're not putting on a show at the at the end, or they're uh-huh. not... There's not, like, a big, like, Jesus contest or pageant <laughs> or something. The Jesus pageant. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, there's a framing device that I don't love mm. of this like r- religious but liberal radio host. Uh, yeah, I don't talking, love it either. Yeah. Who's talking throughout the movie kind of like we we check in with him as if to say like, look, not all religious people are like this. Mm-hmm. And which I think is a is a smart instinct on their part to not be to make sure that we know that they know that, you know, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. I get why they did it. Yeah. Um, but he's like a very, he's a very religious, but also kind of like lefty. 
well, at least, he, or at least critical of the church. Right. Well, and, and, and his whole, I, I don't even necessarily, host, yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily even know that he's critical of the church so much as he's critical of, of the, 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 uh, meshing of church and state. Yeah, totally, he's very totally. like, very again, he's like, I am a religious person, but the thing that makes America, America is a separation of church and state. Right. Right. Um, which yes. Yeah. Uh, so th- it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not as interesting, I think, as they think it is, or it doesn't quite work to because you just see him. I, I mean, he and he talks to. He has Becky Fisher on That's the, the like climax. Yeah, if there is one, of right? The movie. And it's just the thing. The thing about that that I think really doesn't work is that, uh, and this is something I've noticed. I think before where it's like people who are religious but disagree about something, they have this way of just like. It's not a debate where two people are talking. It's a parallel conversation, right? Because, and I think that's because they have this commonality of believing in whatever. Um, So it's never a good debate. It's just parallel. Yeah, it's just two people talking at each other, and there's no, there's no. I see your point, or well, you just said this and it made me think of this. Like, it's just two people. Right. They're both dug in and trying to, yeah. like, uh, score points. Yeah. And not actually talking And it's a very other. civil conversation. They're not, like, yelling at yeah. each other. But it's just kind of nothing. Yeah. But that framing device, to me, I would, ma- I would much rather spend that time. Like, it feels like the filmmaker's trying to make a statement as opposed to letting the thing speak for itself a little bit. Yeah. Um, and trying to be like, get it? Like, we think this is bad. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we, we know. We're yeah. Good. And I don't know. <laughs> well, and I don't know what you do to, because you want, I think you do want an opposition mm-hmm. in a documentary. Like you want to show all of the sides if it's going to be good, kind of like journalism, documentarianism, right. whatever it is. But I don't, I don't know what the opposition to this extreme is. Well, with that, yeah, without it in the movie, there's nothing actually like, like all the kids are into it. Right. No one has a crisis of faith. Right. No one does anything particularly bad at right. Jesus camp. Like nothing happens. It's just a, like, you know, they were probably hoping something would happen. Yeah. Um, and nothing quite happens in that way. So it just winds up being like a look at this crazy thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that is nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's yeah. an interesting thing. I, you know, but I think like they know what they have. And so they do what they need to do. And it's 86 minutes. And even, uh, you know, talking about the disc has a ton of like deleted scenes on it. Yeah. And we watched, we went through some of them and they were not bad. Right. They were interesting. Like the, the one with Rachel trying to convert her neighbor. Oh yeah. And stuff. And so there was a lot of like interesting stuff there, but they really like cut it down to the core to just make this kind of like short, a neat, a neat little package, neat little package. Yeah. Great. Great. I love that. Is it available anywhere? Um, it's on Hulu. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Lovely. You can watch it anytime on Hulu. Recommended. Recommended highly. I mean, I know it's one of your favorites. It truly is. I don't, I, it's just, yeah. I don't, I, I don't quite know what it is other than just that thing of, of watching a car accident, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't turn away. Yeah. Um, I got a really difficult question for you, man. <laughs> What's the uh, what's the connection? Uh, yeah, this was a tough one, but the connection between Jesus Camp and Return to Oz. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Ted Haggard uh-huh. is also featured in the documentary Religious <laughs> by Bill Maher. Oof. 
Speaking of... Speaking of oof. Yeah, speaking of things I watched in the, the <laughs> 2000s that are humiliating now. Um, with Bill Maher. Uh, Bill Maher, who was in A Million Ways to Die in the West, the Seth MacFarlane movie, uh-huh. with Matt Clark. Matt Clark plays Uncle Henry in Return to Oz. Wow. We got there. Well done. We needed to t- go to the Old West to get there. And, <laughs> and the Old West brave, is back. Uh, Bill Maher. Yeah. <laughs> Our next movie is Return to Oz from 1985, directed by Walter Murch. IMDb summary is Dorothy, saved from a psychiatric experiment by a mysterious girl, is somehow called back to Oz. I love when it has somehow. Yeah. So yeah, who cares? We weren't really paying attention. Yeah. Who is somehow called back to Oz when a vain witch and the Gnome King destroy everything that makes the magical land beautiful. Gnome is spelled N-O-M-E, not G N O M E. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> which uh, you know, well, I, I, I can tell you why now if you'd like. Sure. Um, it's literally because uh, Frank Elbaum thought it would be easier for children to read. Oh, that makes sense. Without the G. Yeah. That's why it's spelled N-O-M-E. See, now that's a guy who cares about children. <laughs> um, Return to Oz. So this movie is a childhood classic favorite of mine. Of yours, yeah. And I, it falls into the, the rubric of movies I watched a ton as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's the, the four big ones mm-hmm. of like 80s kid you know, uh, kind of dark, weird, weird, dark kids movies. Yeah. And it's Return to Oz, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and Neverending Story. Mm. I think those are the four pillars. Okay. Of <laughs> I, I, I find that very interesting because I never, I didn't see Return to Oz until yeah. I was an adult. Yeah. I never heard of Return well, to Oz. Your parents loved you, so they didn't, they didn't want you to... <laughs> It's really terrifying I, for kids. To but, watch. Well, no, but it's just interesting because I would I would be interested to see how many people have seen how many like people in our generation have seen this movie because yeah. it doesn't feel like a pillar to me. You put it there I'm because it for was me, yeah. 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 But but whereas like Labyrinth and Dark Crystal Dark Crystal's like maybe question mark, but like Labyrinth and Never Ending Story for sure mm-hmm. are ones that you say that and people go, Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, right. You know? Um, so yeah. So Return to Oz, it's a sequel to Wizard of Oz, but it's not, Ugh. it's not, what, what? Nothing. This part annoys me. What part? This, go ahead. It's a sequel to Wizard of Oz. It's a sequel to Wiz- Wizard of Oz, but it's not made by like MGM. Obviously it's made 50 years after the big Wizard of Oz movie we all know. Right. So it's not like, uh, it's based on, it's one of those where like, it's based on the books more than. The movie, yeah. Although they do use the ruby slippers, which is interesting because in the book it's it's silver, silver, yeah. But they clearly like you know what I mean. That's yeah. like an interesting thing where they cl- they clearly wanted to make it more like the books, but they were like, well, we're not gonna call them the silver slippers, like come yeah. On. Um, so it's a sequel to Wizard of Oz. Uh, it takes place six months after the events of Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, stars Feruza Balk. As Dorothy. Yes. And... Bruce Balk of craft fame. Oh, the craft. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> what was the thing that annoys you? The, just that that very concept. You've got an insanely popular film. Mm-hmm. Insanely popular film. 
Yeah, one of the classics. Right. right. And you're going to make a sequel to it, but you're going to be like, oh, no, it's based on the books. It's based on the books. What but has- then also, yeah. you're not going to fully commit to it because guess what? The Tin Man and the Lion and Scarecrow aren't in the books, but they put them in there as cameos right. as a callback to the film. Pick pick one. Pick a lane. Pick gotcha. a lane. Are you making a sequel to the film? Or are you making a sequel to the books? I'm fine with saying, you know what, we're going to take it back to the original text. But this thing where you've like, oh, we'll put the ruby slippers in because, uh, like, so you know, yeah, you're yeah, aware yeah. that this is, that the original is too much of a juggernaut to ignore. Right. Which it is. Right. Like, they but, would be weird if they... Right. But then you, so then you have to... Make a sequel to the movie. You don't get to make a sequel to the books. You can remake the original as the book and okay. start there. Okay. But it's just confusing. Yeah, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Didn't, it, 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 as a kid, I, never, I was never like looking at the who owns the IP of the Ruby Slippers specifically. and I was like, But it doesn't feel like that original movie at no, all. No, in it's any not a way. Musical. The Emerald City doesn't look like the Emerald City. Like, the Tin Man, the Lion, and the Scarecrow don't look like the originals. No. They look much more like the book the illustrations book. Yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it's interesting in that way. I see what you're saying. It's like, which one is it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the... So, Feruza Balk plays Dorothy. Uh, she is unable to sleep since the events of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, the family's, the family's having trouble rebuilding the farm because of the yeah. tornado and all this stuff. And she can't sleep. And Aunt Em and Uncle Henry find an advertisement in the newspaper for, like, a children's sanitarium, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. And it's like, oh, you're, uh, this doctor is practicing, he, he lives in town, he's practicing electric healing or whatever. <laughs> so they take Dorothy, horse and carriage, and this sequence to me, like, is so... I don't know if you have this with these old movies, mm-hmm. and I wanna I wanna say like oh it's because there's no CGI and like all this stuff, but I also feel like it's just because I watched them a ton as a child, so they're imprinted on my brain. Yeah. But do you have this where like if you can like feel everything in the movie like viscerally like like it yeah feels, I see I hear what you're saying yeah like I always think of it with Never Ending Story when mm-hmm. he's like. He has like a sandwich. Yeah. And like he's yeah. in, he's in a uh, he's in a dumpster Doesn't and like he the, eat an apple at some yeah, point. And there's like yeah. a, there's like the doorknobs in Never Ending Story mm-hmm. are so like imprinted on my brain. So the the beginning of this movie has that feeling for me of just like a visceral, like I remember the machine and all this stuff. Yeah. So they take her in a horse and carriage to this like asylum kind of like hospital place for kids and uh, leave her overnight there mm-hmm. with the doctor and the head nurse woman, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Who's played by Jean Marsh, mm-hmm. who also plays, what's her name in Willow? The, the yeah, witch. The, the, yeah, the queen. Bavmorda? <laughs> Did I make that up? Voldemort? I don't know. Voldemort? Um, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, so she's, so, and so she's fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and she's the nurse and they want, they essentially, essentially are going to do electroshock therapy to her. Yeah. And it's a very long sequence in the beginning where they explain all this to her. Yeah. They show her the machine, which has like a face on it in quotes. And it's like very strange. Yeah. And scary. And scary. Exactly. It's very like, um, uh, dark and, yeah. and, uh, and something that they wouldn't do now, like it's it's I and, and 
that's why I mean I see what you're saying as far as like it being mixed in with these other like yeah. Labyrinth of Dark Crystal. It has that same menacing dark feeling where it's like this is for for the children. <laughs> this is for the children. Yeah, right, right. But there and and in every aspect, like it's there's a thunderstorm happening. Yes, right. and it's like oh yes, electroshock therapy is terrifying. But it's also like there's a shot of the she. So they put her in a room. Yeah, and they say you can have a nap. We'll come back for you later. Um, the room is terrifying and she's small. I think she's supposed to be nine. And I think Feruza is nine when she's shooting this. But like from the fact that the window is a foot above the, her head when she's sitting on the bed. Right. She has to like stand up. So the window is really high up. The doorknob for the door is really high up. And again, she's a child. So it's like, yes, but it's, it's almost too high for a nine year old. And she, there's a point where she peeks out into the hallway and there's just, it's one of those things where there's no, line of sight really and she looks down the hallway and she can see the nurse kind of walking into a room yeah. but it's just it's the, that the, shot is terrible it's crazy yeah it's it looks like so something from session medicine. nine or something yes that, that shot where she peeks out and looks down the hallway and very far down the hallway she sees this nurse who's a woman in a black dress yeah you know a nurse's outfit yeah in uh, <laughs> this like long black dress like just turning a corner away so like going out of sight yeah it's just like scary it's just yeah. weird and scary it's menacing it looks like i mean it, yeah it it, all, it also like remind it remind reminded me of the exorcist yeah in the, yeah those beginning parts of mm-hmm. just like okay what something's wrong here whatever so then they hook her up to the fucking machine they strap her to they a bed strap her to a bed and they put like you know electroshock nodes on her ears or whatever which yeah. is like you pointed out they would be on her temples but, yeah um but it's fine they put like also like on anything her. <laughs> you read you, re- you read about electroshock therapy like it has helped people it has it has it's also hugely traumatic right like for, excuse me, for lots of people. Yeah. Um, you know, I like I just read a memoir where the person's talking about electroshock therapy, and you know the it's it just it's it's traumatizing. Like yeah. It's, you lose so much. You lose memory. Like yeah. You, you know you you. There's a whole musical about it. What which one? Next to normal. Oh right 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 yeah that's right. It's great. And um <laughs> and so it's really like uh it's. Just an, ins- you know, it's usually like the conflict that is set up at the beginning of a kids' movie is like, uh, like oh, I, I want got- the lead in the school play, right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, we gotta save the community center I'm, or whatever. I'm being bullied. Yeah, exactly. And this is like, oh, we're about to do like like a tra- traumatic medical <laughs> procedure to you that is untested, really. Yeah. And all the anyway, it's just it's so wild that that's the setup for this movie in a way that I like. Love, yeah. I, you know, cards on the table. Like I love this movie. Does all of it work for me? No, but yeah. like, I, it just a, it's one of those where it's like the fact that it exists. Yeah. Oh, also, it takes place in eighteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. Around Halloween. Because yeah. Because the pumpkin. They, she brings the pumpkin. Pumpkin. Into Halloween yeah. Soon. And um, like, oh, two more months, it'll be nineteen hundred or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't know how often they're doing electroshock therapy on kids nowadays. Right. But, but in eighteen ninety nine, it was probably it was a new thing. Yeah. Exactly. It was the you know electricity is the there's the doctor says this so, you know it's about to be a new century and electricity electricity is the thing. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know, I actually should have looked this up. I don't I imagine electroshock therapy was not part of L. Frank Baum's <laughs> original novel or whatever. Know. Like I don't you know I can't imagine. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I don't, don't know. know. Should have looked it up. <laughs> anyway, so she gets uh 
she doesn't get shocked, or does she? The power goes out. She doesn't. Or does she? I, we could talk about it in a minute, but <laughs> she doesn't. Oh, or does she? <laughs> or, but have you considered, or does she? Mm-hmm. Um, so the power goes out just before she gets shocked. And then uh, another young girl from the uh, asylum or whatever um, comes and breaks her out. And then they run away from the nurse. They fall in a river and she uh, gets swept away. And when she wakes up, she's on the beach and she's back in Oz. Yeah. And she's in a desert. The desert. Yeah. The deadly desert. The deadly desert. And she's back in Oz. And Oz is fucked because there's a evil queen, Mombi, and the Gnome King. And they have turned everyone to stone and we got to save it. And like, so that's the setup. Yeah. There's a lot of craziness, obviously, that happens once they get to the crazy land. But yeah. the setup is so crazy in and of itself. Right. Yeah, exactly. The real world is not, like, chill. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, oh, we should talk about, just real quick, before we get into it, the deck, the disc uh, has this thing that when you play the movie, where they interview, like, the only special feature on the disc is, in a, like, a 10-minute interview with Feruza Balk done yeah. probably in around, like, 1998 or Probably 2000. Probably around, like, the craft. Yeah, I mean, she looks, it's like, whenever they... are they, like, oh, she's popular again. Yeah, so they put, and, and DVDs are a thing, so let's yeah. put this interview out. But you hit play on the disc, and it's it says, like, hey, I'm Feruza Balk, and on next is my first movie, Return to Oz, or whatever. I wrote down on next, like, <laughs> was this recorded for, like, TBS or something like that? Um, but, uh, and, I, and like, I hope you like it, or whatever. It was just yeah, like a, and that's, it's like an intro by yeah, Feruza, it was, it was weird. very strange. Yeah. It was one of those things where, like, oh, you're still figuring out what DVDs are, Yeah, and you don't really know. Um, so... Oh, and Aunt Em, I just want to say real quick, is played by Piper Laurie. Yeah. And, like, when she showed up in this movie, I was like, why am I terrified of this woman? I was like, oh, she's the mom in Carrie. That's yeah. why. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so she gets to Oz, and then, I don't know, there's just all sorts of wackiness. And then it's, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's similar-esque to our previous adventure in Oz, Except that uh, the twist is that everything is terrible. Like, right. like not just kind of a wicked witch is terrorizing people, but the Emerald City is in ruin, and these two evil entities are in power. One of them is this witch who can change her head out. Like, she has a hall of cabinets that has a bunch of different heads in it, and she yeah. can switch her head out, and it's terrifying. Um, that, to me, is the part I remember as being the scariest part as a kid. Is So she uh, finds her way to the Emerald City. Well, another scary part, before we get to Queen Mombi, is the Wheelers. Yeah, the Wheelers. So she gets to the Emerald City, finds it in ruin, and then she's chased by the Wheelers, which are... The henchmen. The henchmen. Of, yeah. They're kind of the winged monkeys of this movie. Yeah. They're the henchmen. They have wheels on their... Feet and, and hands, hands yeah. knees, yeah, feet. So they're like bent over, like on all fours, right. but their limbs are extended. So right. they're not like crawling, they're wheeling. Yeah, they're wheeling. <laughs> but they're like they're like uh they're like stroller wheels. They're not like yeah. big bicycle wheels. Right. The wheels. They're <laughs> tiny wheels that constantly squeak. Right. So the squeak and the squeak is set up in the sanitarium when oh, yeah. when they're wheeling her, you the hear bed. the same squeak. Yeah. But, um, and I think probably the guy pushing her is the head wheeler, I think. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, so, uh, so the wheeler, and they have these masks on their head, so when their heads are down, it's on the top of their head, and it's like a terrifying mask, and then yeah. they raise their faces, and their faces ain't much better. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, they're chasing her. They're laughing maniacally. They're like these terrifying creatures, whatever. Yeah. And all done, you know, not to harp on this as an old man, but like all done without CGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's such a visceral texture to everything and practical effects. And like the wheelers are so scary and they're just dudes. Yeah. They're just dudes in costume and makeup and that's it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And kind of like doing like guys who are like good puppeteers and dancers and gymnasts and things like that. Yeah. Well, the one, the wheeler is, uh, Henson, Brian Henson. Oh yeah, 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 and he does the voice of um, the pumpkin. Pumpkin, yeah, the pump- <laughs> Jack Pumpkin Head, or whatever. Yeah, or is that yeah? Um, so, uh, so yeah, so the wheelers. Then they get to Queen Mombi's abode, and that sequence where she uh, changes out her head is done with optical effects and is so terrifying. Yeah, that hallway. Yeah. And then they, the one that I always remember though, and that is like still makes my heart race watching it, <laughs> is that um, is the part where they they try to steal what is it a key? They're no, trying they, to steal the powder the powder of life, and they need the key to the cabinet. Right. Yeah. And so Queen Mummy's tied asleep. on her wrist. Yeah. So they steal the key while she's asleep, and then break into the hallway of heads, and. They accidentally, Dorothy accidentally wakes up the heads and they're all screaming at her. Yeah. And then the headless body of Queen Mombi is chasing her. <laughs> and it's like, holy, I was a child watching this. Like, it's crazy. I mean, like, not, you know, it's, it's insane. Um, and then they get to the Gnome King. And the Gnome King sequence for me is where it kind of starts to fall apart. Just an, it's so much. It's too. so long. It's the second half of the movie, it so, feels like. Right. Also, so by the way, the Gnome King is not a gnome. No. <laughs> He's like a rock formation. Right. He lives in the in all the stones, and so his henchmen can like travel through stones in yeah. this cool like claymation effect kind of thing. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh this movie is very weird. <laughs> and then when so the, but the Gnome King sequence, oh, she meets the friend, her friends along the way. Yeah. Just TikTok, <laughs> who is a big, uh, he's like a soldier, and he's like a big, like, steampunk. Like, wind kind of like, up robot. Yeah, kind of like a Teddy Roosevelt kind of yeah. figure. And then. And you um, have to wind up his thinking, his movement, and his speaking. Speaking, right. Um, and throughout the film, at various points, some of them run out and right. he can't speak anymore or right. he can't move anymore. Or, yeah. yeah. And then Jack Pumpkinhead is the, is that his name? Did I, I don't know. But Hold on, I'm looking it up. I think, I, I'm not sure if I'm just confusing with Jack Skellington. Well, he, uh, Tim Burton said that he got the inspiration for Skellington from this, so. Oh, so he, he's fully that's said a weird. That. Yeah, exactly. I just got the inspiration from another yep. movie. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> that yep. is like, I mean the not, same thing, <laughs> right? That's the same thing. It is not that far in the past when yep. you're making Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Return to Oz. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare is what Before you Christmas. To say. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Nightmare Before Christmas. Did your thinking run out? Yes. <laughs> I need you to wind me up. That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so Freddy Krueger. Um, no. What were we talking about? Oh, um, so the, the friends. friends, Jack Pumpkinhead. His name is Jack Pumpkinhead, I confirmed. Great. It's my fucking brain. Um, and then Gump, who is 
Sucks. Of the three of them, Gump sucks. Gump is like a head. It's like a reindeer or a moose head. Yeah, mounted on the wall. Mounted on the wall, and they—that's what they need the powder of life for. They like create in order to escape. They tie the couches together and put this head on it, and then bring it to life, right? So that they can fly out the window. And put le- like palm fronds yeah, as wings. As and wings. It's like, that would it's not work. So silly. I love how I'm fine with everything, but then right, it's you're like, like th- those wings though they wouldn't they actually. Wouldn't work. Sustain. <laughs> Wouldn't get enough lift. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, so she meets these friends along the way. Then the Gnome King sequence is like this very long, kind of like, you know, answer me these riddles three kind of thing where yeah. he kind of makes them play this game where he has the scarecrow turned into an ornament and they have to guess. And it's just, it's just forever, that it's part. It's forever. It's so long. It's so long. And then, and then that's it. That's the movie. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, okay. And and there's a whole bit where um, uh, all of a sudden Ozma of Oz is introduced and and uh, she's been trapped by Mombi, but then they free her by bringing her out of the mirror. And 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 listen, this is I don't <laughs> I don't have the nostalgia yeah, of it. Exactly. So so all I can do is like objectively look at this movie sure. as a film <laughs> as an adult. Right. And it just doesn't work on so many levels. Uh-huh. And not and not in a way that's like kooky and like 80s and and silly and whatever. Sure. Like in a way where the story doesn't make sense. Like like it just yeah. it doesn't it does not work for me at all. This oh. thing this thing where you're again again where you've got this juggernaut of a first film and you're making the sequel to the books that that film was based on, but yeah. you're not even going full tilt boogie with it. You're like, well, we acknowledge and we're gonna call back to this film. From and and it's not just things like the Ruby Slippers and the Tin Man and the Lion and the Scarecrow who have like cameos in it for some. It's it's well, very. Once the, I mean, the, not to cut you up, but once the Scarecrow shows up, the Scarecrow is terrible, terrifying and awful <laughs> yeah. and bad. But there's like the scene where you know they've she's fixed everything and they haven't freed Ozma yet, but they're riding through the Great Hall. She's riding through the Great Hall on the Cowardly Lion, like. Ding dong, the witch is dead, but yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and uh, the nurse who later is Mombi. Yeah. I mean, well, and and that very that very thing of the people in the real world are show up right. show up in in Oz. Um, so the nurse is Mombi, and she's wearing her dress. You commented like you know a black dress like nurses wear. Well, it's meant to evoke the Wicked Witch. Yeah. Right. And it's like again. What movie are you making? Sure, sure, you're sure, confused. Sure. You're so oh, sweetie. You're so confused. Mm-hmm. It's you're confused. Um, and uh, as I as I hinted to before, you know, you said or did she get shocked? Right. Uh, according to the trivia, okay. Very clearly, the director Walter Murch was has stated that this is not. This is there is no ambiguity there. Oz is real. Great. I love that. And she did not get electrocuted. I love But they've still, but the thing that, the issue with that though, is that you can, well, as you did, you can misconstrue that as like, ooh, or did she get electrocuted? And he's like, no, she didn't. And it's like, well, then you didn't do your job. But he has to say that because it's a Disney movie. I feel like, I feel like. No, he doesn't. <laughs> did you see the movie he made? Because it's a Disney movie. <laughs> I feel like, I don't, regardless, I, I 
first of all, there's clearly not like an answer whether she got electrocuted or not. No, there is. He answered it. No, but I'm saying like it's like authorial intent aside. Mm. There's not like it's not. I'm not saying like no, she definitely got electrocuted. I'm saying that that I'm, you set up that entire thing, and then at the moment that she is supposed to get her brain fried, she instead gets transported to a magical land. That no, is in I ruin. understand. No, I, I know you understand, but I'm saying like I'm saying like, of they set that up so cleanly as a thing that people can, even if it doesn't, even if like on paper it's like no, she definitely whatever. It's like the feeling of the movie is such that it starts with like medical child abuse, mm-hmm. and then there there's this crazy like fantasia that her brain goes on. You yeah, know what I, mean? I fully agree yeah. with you, but the fact that he staunchly says no, Oz is real, is is the issue for me. Again, what movie are you making? Okay. What movie are you making? Right. Okay. I mean, I, I it doesn't bother me, but I hear what you're saying. I like mm. what. Nothing. <laughs> um, the, so, yeah, I mean, I think that, like, you know, I, clearly, like, I have the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not trying to say that everything works. I'm not trying to say that, like, it's a perfect movie. Right. I love, what I love about it is that it's weird. Mm-hmm. Is that it's, like, you know, a, a kid's movie that feels dangerous in a way, but also you could still show it to a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not dangerous, you know, like, oh, it's too violent way, but in just like, you know, that darkness thing, it's like, like yeah. Coraline or something like where it's like, oh, it gets to a part where like, it's legitimately scary for a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, although I did watch it with our child at one point in the past couple of years, like she was probably like seven or eight. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, yeah, this is fine. Like, yeah. She, she, she didn't care. care. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. And this is a lot of me romanticizing. Um, but you know, I and I also I just love that it's weird. I mean, Walter Murch is like a guy who is is a really uh, like you know is kind of like an iconic uh, editor. Mm-hmm. So he he edited um, like Apocalypse Now and Talented Mr. Ripley and like has written these books on editing that are great and like is like an amazing kind of like thinker about film and mm-hmm. stuff and made one directed one movie and this is it. Yeah, exactly. I and was like, I don't think there was a lot of, a lot of trivia about how he didn't direct anything else about how he, they almost kicked him off or they did kick him off. And yeah. then George Lucas convinced them to bring him back. Yeah, that's great. Um, and also there was like a side thing of like, then George Lucas met the other guy who was star Wars, like while he was on set for this. And that's and they were like, hey, we should make uh, one of the biggest franchises that'll ever be. <laughs> like, wait, wait, met. Oh, do you, you want me to look no, it up? No, no, no. I'm just trying to figure out the. Oh, hold on, let me look it up. Yeah, Disney actually fired director Walter Murch about a week into production due to budget concerns. Um, Murch contacted friends Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas for help, and all three directors lobbied Disney to rehire Murch. Lucas even offered to take over directing himself should Merch fall behind schedule. That's um, great. Director Walter Merch invited friend George Lucas to visit the set one day. During that visit, Lucas wandered to a different to different sound stages where he came across producer Rick McCallum working on a small film. The two became friends and later collaborated on the Star Wars prequels. Oh, the prequels. Okay, I was. That's why I was like. 
wait, what? Like, <laughs> this was, no, that makes total sense. Good fact, right? <laughs> no, it is a good fact. It is interesting. But I think that's, that Walter Murch was in, he, he Walter Murch did the sound for Godfather 1 and 2, like, did the sound editing yeah. for that. Did, edited Godfather 3, like, is just, like, one of the, it's, like, so funny that his one movie is this insane return to Oz, yeah. like, like, you know, which it is, like, a crazy misfire in a lot of ways, and did very poorly at the box office, regardless of how many times I saw it yeah. on VHS, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so it's just like a it's it's a weird artifact in a, and I also have like all that nostalgia for it and I just love I mean I love the wheelers I love Mombi I love the the design of like TikTok and yeah Pumpkinhead. oh fun fact about yeah. TikTok is that to to make him work it was somebody hang on let me look at who it was gymnast Michael Sundin. Uh-huh. Stood upside down with legs bent and backwards inside TikTok's body oh. to move the legs. Oh. So, because TikTok is very short. Right. So, basically, someone is inside that suit, hands on the floor in the legs, but bent almost in half. Oh. And that's how TikTok I walked. I hate it. Because why, <laughs> but, like, I thought about this watching it. I was like, how? How? And yeah. This, and, and not, to, I, hate, I fucking hate repeating this all the time, but this would be CGI today. And it wouldn't look as good. Yeah. It like honestly wouldn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> like regardless of, you you just say, you just feel a thing so much and have it just ignored. <laughs> you know what I mean? By like the entire culture where it's like, but it's like, no, this is, this is better in some ways. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And the whole, re- the, the whole reason that things, anyway, whatever. But I also, I also love how ambitious it is. Like even on a, on a, I mean, I was thinking about this watching it this time. I was like, there's so many fucking mirrors in this movie. Yeah. And yeah. Think about how, how much Mommy's harder. palace is just, is it's, all mirrors. it's a hall of mirrors. And how much yeah. harder your day gets <laughs> when you add one mirror to a set. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, and then the, the whole place is mirrors mm-hmm. and then you don't have, com- you don't have computers. You can't. It's a mirror. <laughs> it's a mirror. It's a mirror. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I have all that, st- I, you know, stuff where I just really like it. I guess. <laughs> um, I, we I don't like how Jack insists on calling Dorothy mom. Ugh, it's weird. And is like, okay, mom, can I call you mom? Yeah, like, he doesn't oh. ever say mommy, but it's very yeah. close. Yeah, exactly. Um, the gnome king. I wrote down diminishing returns. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's true. The, all the rock, all the eyeballs in the rocks of the henchmen look like buttholes. Yeah, it's just not good. Um, the scarecrow sucks. <laughs> uh, I wrote down, somebody calls it a stupid humdrum world. Uh-huh. Like the real world. Yeah. Like going back to the stupid humdrum world. Uh-huh. And I was like, this movie like thinks that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like they're, they're, I don't know, it was very... Interesting, another connection with Jesus Camp, because mm-hmm. Becky keeps talking about how uh, it's a sick old world. It's oh, a sick old yeah, world. that's right, sick old world, that's right. This is a sick world, that's yeah. right. This is a sick world where you electrocute your children. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's inter- I just, I, I... You like it. <laughs> we get it. We huh? get it. We get it. You like it. Okay. <laughs> is it available? Well, interestingly, we started it on disc. It's an old disc, so it looked okay. 
Yeah. It's kind of like not uh, formatted in the right way for our TV. Where yeah. It was like you had to watch it kind of centered in the middle of the frame with black on all sides. Yeah, it was And weird. I was like, I think this is on Disney Plus. And then we watched it on Disney Plus. We did. So And it's I was available. also excited to see, like, I was like, oh, this is like HD and like all that stuff. Yeah. Well, and it's nice. It's also nice that it's on there, especially given all of the kind of controversy behind the scenes with it. Because right. that was a, there was a whole thing where, uh, as I said, he, the director almost got fired and people had to come in and convince Disney to rehire him. And, yeah. Um, but then even when it was, and it was because he was uh, budget concerns or something was the main yeah. issue, I guess. Um, and also I think time constraint. Uh, and then when it did finally come out, they really like, they, they killed, like they didn't promote it. They right. didn't, you know, they, they killed this movie. Right. So and it's that, interesting that it's on, I mean like obviously Disney plus is just like, yeah, just put everything up right. there, but yeah, it is kind of like, Disney, yeah. Oh no, if it was not a Disney movie, like if it was if it didn't belong to a company that had its own streaming service that was mining literally every fucking thing they had, to just like <laughs> put it out. Yeah. Like if it was, if it was an MGM movie or if it was what a, a Sony movie or something like that, I don't know if some other studio that didn't have like MGM plus like it would be lost to time for sure. But because it's a Disney movie, like it's like it's available in a high quality, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which um, is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Into that. Great. Um, Great. What do we do here? Because I obviously, <laughs> you know how I feel, but I also um, don't want to get rid of your movie that you love. Well, we got a couple things going on here. Yeah. So, um, both are available easily right now. Right now, yeah. Jesus Camp has more of a chance of going away, I think. Truth. Um, Return to Oz is, like, feels like it would, is like a lost classic, but it's not. You can watch it anytime on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, you, I think, will rewatch Jesus Camp more than I will rewatch Return to Oz. Now, I did... Re, I did wa- I did use our Return to Oz disc. Yeah. In the past couple years to watch it with our kid. Right. Which is like, oh, I actually took the disc and put it in and hit play. Like, yeah. not true of a lot of our DVDs in no. the past 10 years. <laughs> no, although I will point out the, the aspect of that was on a different TV. And on this TV that we currently have, and probably on the next iteration yeah. of television, it's not going to improve. It was not something you wanted to watch. Yeah. No, I we, didn't say it. You said it. We switched to Disney Plus. Yeah. We watched on Disney Plus. Yeah. Look, we know where this is going. <laughs> I know where it's going. I just don't want to admit it. <laughs> it's also, we have a nice little collection of Wizard of Oz DVDs in that we have an old Wizard of Oz DVD, mm-hmm. the set. We have Return to Oz. Mm-hmm. We have The Wiz. Mm-hmm. We have The Wiz Live. Mm-hmm. So it would be breaking up a set in that way, but it's fun. That's a real reach, I gotta say, buddy. Yep. <laughs> yep, it is. If you want to, if you want to keep it, we can. We no, can we invoke can get rid a of rule. Return to Oz. Can... It's fine. It's fine. I like Jesus Camp too. Jesus Camp is good. <laughs> it's fine. Well, uh, return to Oz. We will re- be returning to you, just not not via the the DVD, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, You're electroshock therapying children in heaven now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the mems. All right, shall we pick this next matchup? Let's do it. Hey Siri, hmm? pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 45. 
45, you say. Ooh. Ooh. From 1998. A Simple Plan. Oh. I love that movie so much, and I don't think you've seen it, right? I have not seen it. Starring Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton, Bridget Fonda, a classic. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Directed by Sam Raimi. Raimi. Oh, I'm pumped. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like he's been trying to get me to watch that one for a while. Well, the long con has worked. (laughs) Great. No, I'm excited to see it. Great. Yeah. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 591. 591. <laughs> From 2015, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay, Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's you know what, so though? funny. You know what, though? What? That's actually a pretty good one to watch. <laughs> it's so funny to be like, yeah, we're going to watch only that one. <laughs> only the second part of the last, last movie. movie. <laughs> Have you seen all the rest of it or not? Yeah, we wa- we've s- we saw all of them. We saw all of them in the theater, I think. Re- well, I, mean, you, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I know I've seen them. You're like, why are you being a dick? I know. Like, um, but I didn't know. I didn't remember if you uh, came with me. You don't always come with me. Um. Okay. I think I. I have definitely. No, I've definitely seen all the <laughs> Hunger Games movies for sure. Great. I remember liking that one. Yeah. Maybe just because it has Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Well, but. That's the sad one because technically he died before it came out. Hey, fun fact: all movies with Philip Seymour Hoffman are now the sad one. <laughs> oh, they are. <laughs> all right, simple plan and the Hunger Games, <laughs> The Mockingjay Part de. The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part Two. <laughs> you know the classic movie that we all know and quote from all the time, and A Simple Plan, which is. Uh, I think a classic. So, yeah, yeah, no, that'll be fun. I haven't watched any like Hunger Games in a little while. Yeah, are you gonna watch the rest of them to get ready, or are you just gonna go and clean? Probably not. I mean, I feel like I have to watch the for otherwise I'm gonna. It's like the first one. No, like the the first, the first half part of Mockingjay. Yeah, we could do that. I guess because like I'm not gonna know what's going on, <laughs> and I'm gonna be annoyed. But is that? More fun. Right, exactly. It's like, is it better to just judge it as a movie? And because you didn't read the books. No, I didn't Yeah, read the books. I read the books and have seen the movies. So right. I, the, the plot, I, I'm pretty pretty good on. Right. And I, I mean, it's not going to be that complicated. I don't get it. But like... Yeah. What? No, it's not going to be that complicated. But like, it's not a full movie. <laughs> anyway... All right. All right. That'll be that'll be great. I'm excited about it. Hey, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you, I hope that you uh, 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 don't uh, scare children on purpose. I love that. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That's the real lesson to be learned here, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> that wasn't my greatest, uh, I hope. But you know what? We're going to roll with it. Listen. Come back next week and see who survives. DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Deathmatch.
Um, I'm trying to think of anything I know from memory that I can recite, and it's like... Uh, Kids' books? The sun has set not long ago. Now everybody goes below to take a bath in one big tub with soap all over. Scrub, scrub, scrub. 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 <laughs>